Hello, 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 and welcome again to the Science of the Covenant podcast. As you know, this is the podcast where we are going to study the Bible and specifically also the biblical covenant and its deeper meanings. And I ask again, I know you may have questions, what is the covenant and who does it apply to? Well, the pastor is going to try to answer these questions for you as we continue our study into the covenant. So, do you have your Bibles ready, your pen, your pad, your computer, your tablet, your phone to take notes? All right, let's go. Let's begin our study. <coughs> Pastor, it's in your hands. All right, thank you very much. Uh, we want to uh, continue where we left off. Now, we were talking about the word bara, and we were looking at each letter of the word, and... Each letter has a picture, and the picture has a meaning. And now we want to do the same thing uh, with the word uh, for covenant, which is bereath. So now we looked at the word bara. Let us now look at the letters in the word of covenant, which is the Hebrew, which is the English word for the Hebrew word uh, uh, bereath. Our word covenant is, or testament, comes from the Hebrew word bereath. B-E-R-I-T-H. However, we know that there aren't any vowels in the Hebrew language, just the consonants. So we have actually three, uh, actually four letters. Bara has three letters and Barith has three, which, 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 I mean four, which is the B, the R, the Y, and the T. So let us examine this word as we did, bara, by observing each letter. Now the word bereath is made up of four Hebraic letters, respectively. We have the beth, which is the B. We have the rish, which is the ara. And we have the, the, the yod, which is the y. And the tav, which is the th or the t. So let us take each letter with their pitch, pitch to graph and the meaning and then proceed to see how the word bara and bereath are associated. Okay, now, when we read in the book of uh, Sheath or the book of Genesis, we read in the ninth chapter in verse 8, and what we see here is that it says, And Elohim spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Okay, so he said he makes his covenant uh, with Noah, and he said also, with his seed or his children as well. So the thing that we're concerned about it is the fact that when we deal with the covenant as it relates to the creation, we're going to be able to discern that the same uh, powers that were available in creation is also the same powers that are available with the covenant. So we'll be able to see some of those things. Okay, by way of review... Uh, when we look at the, 
the word uh, bereath is made up of these four Hebraic letters that we have articulated. So let us take each of these letters, and as we take them, we want to make an association uh, with them. And then we want to close by making a comparison between the word bara and the word bereath. So as we have discovered that the first two letters of both the words bara and bereath, they both start with the same two letters. So apparently there is some association that is going on here. So we discovered that the B uh, represents a tent. Uh, it's like the Hebrew word for house is uh, Beth. Okay, that represents a tent. And a tent has the meaning of a family or a house or to be in. And the aura is a man's head, which means the first, the top, the beginning, or the chief. And then the Y, uh, we find in Bereath. Now, we, we didn't have the Y in Bar and, and uh, Bara. We didn't have the Y. We just had the three letters, which was B, Aura, and the Aleph. But here, after the Aura, we have two other letters that were not contained in the bur in, in, in bara, and the letters uh, yod, which is a y, it means an arm and a closed hand. This is where the image of a yod came from. It was the arm and a closed hand. Okay, now that arm and a closed hand, it stands for a work throw worship or a deed now we can we can kind of kind of see that when you represent an arm and a closed hand that we usually work with our hands and if you throw something you throw it with your hands and if you worship you put your hands in a certain position and when you do de certain deeds you basically use your hand so when they talking about the yod representing the arm and a closed hand, uh, their meanings means to work, to throw, to worship, or a deed. Now, when we get to the tav, or which we call the T, the picture that we get for the T is, is two crossed sticks. In other words, you got two sticks and they cross one another. And what these two sticks, when they cross one another, they mean a mark, a sign, a signal, a monument, or a covenant. So when they, when they had uh, uh, these cross sticks, one of the meanings is a covenant. It's like today, sometimes when people sign a document, uh, they'll say, sign this document and what they'll do, they'll put like an X or something on the area that they want you to market. But a lot of people don't know that that goes all the way back to a covenant that they made across sticks. And then that meant that they signed the covenant. Okay. And, uh, and even, even today, uh, there are people who cannot read letters and when they uh, have to sign a document, they can't sign their name. They just put an X on the paper. And that's sort of like what you call the cross sticks. 
the cross sticks. Okay. And so when we look at the, the tent, which is the family, the head, which is the first top or the beginning and chief, and we look at the arm and the closed hand, which represents work, throw, worship, or a deed, and we look at the T, which is the cross sticks, it means a mark, a sign, a signal, a monument, or to mean the covenant. So if you just put a cross sticks, then they knew that that dealt with the covenant. All right, now, when we consider the, pitch, the, the pictograph and the meanings found in the word bereath, we can come up with some explanations as to the combination of these letters. So let us consider the uh, pitch to graph or the pictures combination of the letters first, and then some associations of the uh, pictures and their meanings. Okay. So when we look at the picture letters, it, we would have we would have this as far as the the covenant is concerned. So we'll just put the pictures of the letters first, and then we'll try to go into the the meanings and associate the meanings and see what we are dealing with here. So, as we pointed out, uh, we look at the tent, which is the B, and as we look at that B, that represents the tent. We have a man's head that represents the aura, and then we have the arm and the closed hand that represents the uh, the 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 yod or the wire, and then we have the T that is represented by the cross sticks. So we would have basically something like this: in the tent, the man's head, arm and closed hand were on the cross sticks. Okay. So let me repeat that. Okay. Now we got the B for the tent, the R for a man's head, and we have the Yo for the arm and the closed hand, and we have the cross sticks for the T. Okay. So when we say in the tent, the man's head, arm, and closed hand were on the cross sticks. Okay. Now that was the those were the picture language. But now let us get to the meaning of these things. Okay. So when we get to the meaning, we would have something like this: the man's head, arms, and closed hands were on the cross on the cross sticks in the tent. Okay. That's, that's still, that's still the pictures language, but we just turn the words around. We put them in different places and we'll get to the meaning in just a second. Okay. So the man's head, arms and closed hands were on the cross sticks. Now we can do it another way. We can say on the cross sticks was a man's head, arms and an closed hands in the tent or in the house or, or basically we, you know, put it that way. So when we deal with the image, we are saying on the cross sticks was a man's 
head, arms, and closed hands in the tent. All right. So those were the picture meaning, I mean, the pictures as as we made a sentence with the pictures. Now let's make sentences with the meaning of these uh, symbols, okay? All right. Now let us take the meanings of these pictographs, letters, and see what type or types of word meanings we can come up with as we pointed out in the following, okay? All right, now let's go by review. The letter is B, the pitch to graph is a tent, and the meaning of a tent means a family, a house, an inn. And then we have the aura, which is a man's head, which means the first, the top, the beginning, and the chief. And then we have the Y, which is symbolized by the arm and a closed hand, which means work, throw, deed, uh, or worship. And then we have the T, which you have the picture of two cross sticks. And the meaning is a mark, a sign, a signal, a monument, or a covenant. We've looked at the pitch two graphs. Now let us make some sense out of the pictograph meanings as we associate them. Okay, we're looking at the meanings now, not the symbols, but their meaning. Now the pictograph meanings associations. All right, so we would come up with the family's first work is the covenant. Okay, so when we look at the family's first work, and we, we, we pointed out that the family uh, the family represents uh, the family of Elohim, okay? The family of Elohim. So the first work is the covenant, okay? So Elohim's first work was the covenant. All right, so when we have the family, you know, we are dealing with the, the B, and then when we have, have the first we are dealing with the race, which is the, 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 the man who is the head of the family. And then when we deal with the, uh, the, the work, that's, that comes from the, from the Yod. That's where the work comes from. The first comes from the, the race, and the work comes from the Yod. And the covenant comes from the Tav or the T. Okay, so what we have is the B, the Ara, and the Yod, and the and the Tav. So we had put these meanings together, and that means the family's first work is the covenant. Isn't that, is, isn't that quite extraordinary? That the very word, that the very word of covenant, uh, when you look at the pictures and their meaning, it means the family's first work is the covenant. So Elohim, when he uh, was bringing forth the creation, and when he made a covenant, he is saying by the very word covenant that that was his first work. That was his first work. Okay, let us look at another meaning. 
uh, it says, in the beginning of worship was a sign. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's look at that. It says, in the beginning. Okay. Now, when we deal, now, when we deal with the beginning, we're starting with the race, which was the head of a man, which was race, which means the beginning. And then he says, in the beginning of worship. Now, worship would come forth with the arm and the closed hand. The arm and the closed hand uh, would, would be represented by the Y. And so what we're saying here is, uh, well, actually, we got, well, actually, uh, in this sentence, we says, in the beginning of worship was a sign. Okay, so let's, that, that N is the B, and the beginning is the aura, and the Y is the worship, and the sign is the T. That's the T, okay? So what we're saying is that in the beginning of worship was a sign, okay? Now, now when we look at that, and that, that, that sign comes from a, a cross sticks, the cross sticks, okay? So now with, with just a little imagination in that definition, just a little imagination, if he said a covenant is in the beginning of worship was a sign. Then you got to stop, stop to think. What sign was it? What, what would be a cross? What would be the cross sticks? Well, logically, the cross sticks would be the cross. That would be the cross. In the beginning of worship was the cross sticks or a sign. So the cross was a sign. Okay. All right, let's look at another definition. Okay. It says, in the top of the house was a sign. Okay. In other words, he is saying here in this particular definition is that in, which is the B, and then when we deal with the, uh, the uh, top, that come from the race. And then when we deal with the house, that comes from the, the B. And then the sign comes from the T. Okay. So we still follow in the order. Okay. In, in, in a way. Okay. So in the top of the house, or we could say in the top of the family was the sign. Okay. Okay. All right. So what we're seeing is how these letters meanings come together. Okay, let's look at another definition. We have we have the the race first, which is we'll say the chief in the family throws a signal. Okay, the chief in the family throws a signal. So the chief would be the aura, and the family would be the B. And when it talks about throw, that would come from the Y, the yod. And the signal would be uh, the T. Okay. So the chief in the family throws a signal. Okay. So in other words, his signal was the cross. All right. Let's deal with another definition. It would say 
the family chief has a worship covenant, okay? A worship covenant, all right? So again, we have the beef for family, and we have the uh, race or the aura for for chief, and then we have uh, the uh, why for worship, and then we have the word covenant for T, okay, for T. So what we basically have is the B for family, the R for chief, the Y for worship, and the T for covenant. So the meaning that we would have is the family chief, and we know the family chief, which would be Yeshua the Messiah, has a worship covenant. Or we could say Elohim. The family of Elohim has a worship covenant. Yeah. So the very word covenant is embraced within the very symbols and the meaning of those symbols read in the word itself. Now, we can also have another meaning. The, monu the monument is the chief in the family worship. Okay. In other words, the monument is the chief in the family worship. In other words, when we worship, one of the things that we're looking at is the monument. And what was the monument? The monument was the cross. That was the cross. It was right there. Okay. It was there. Okay. Now, we're going to look at something that is quite... Uh, somewhat in-depth and profound. And I'm going to ask you to turn, turn in your Bibles. Uh, and in your Bibles, I want you to turn with me in the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. And we're going to look at some as we discuss this. There's a few scriptures we want to look at. And I'm going to ask you to turn to Revelation chapter 13. Okay. Revelations chapter 13 and Revelation chapter 13 and we want to look at verse 8. Revelation 13, 8. Okay, now here's what Revelation 13, 8 says. It said, and all that dwelled upon the earth shall worship, shall worship him whose names are not written in the sefer of the land of the life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, this, this 13th chapter is primarily talking about, you know, the beast. And there are those who would not worship Yeshua, who was the lamb. And he says, their names were not written in the book, in the Sefer. Okay. But the last part of this particular passage is what I want you to zero in on. It says here, it says, uh, let me get a, all right. All right, let me read it again. It says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. It's talking about the beast, not, not Yeshua. They, they will worship the beast. He said, whose names are not written in the sefer of the life of the lamb. Okay. They're not written in the lamb's uh, uh, book. They're not written because they worship, they're not worshiping him. So he doesn't claim them. But he goes on to say uh, their names are not written in the Sefer or the book 
of the life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, here's what I want, want us to look at. They said that the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Now, if we look at this particular uh, passage of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, is John saying that from the foundation when Elohim made this world, that he slew a lamb? Well, before he even started making, he said from the foundation of the world. So it appears to me that even before the foundation of the world, that he had a lamb that was being slain, but was it actually slain? So if it was not literally slain at the foundation of the world, then what could possibly he mean by the life of a lamb slain from the foundation of the world? Well, it would seem to me that when the plan of salvation came into being, is that the plan of salvation was already made before the foundation of the world came into existence. In other words, Elohim thought in advance that when he and his son sat down and they talked about making this creation, they talked also about the fact that if we make man, man could go astray. And if he goes astray, how would we get him back to us if he goes astray? And they made a plan. And what the plan was that if man would go astray, then the father was saying to the son, one of us would have to go and to die for man. And, he, and, and the son was willing to die for man for two reasons. Number one, both he and the father loved the man that they were going to create in the family that the man would produce upon the earth. They both loved. But the second reason is that the son had to come and die is because the father could not die. The father has what we call an eternal existence, but the son came forth from the father. He was capable of dying once he came into this world. But he was just as eternal as his father, but his eternity came forth when he came forth from the father. But he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation from the sense that if man sinned, then this covenant would go into being in helping man who had alienated himself from the creator's the father and the son, that they would have a way to come back to the father and son. So in that sense, John is saying, as he was being revealed this, that Elohim's son was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world because within that covenant that they made, he was the only one that could come down and redeem man. So what they called it was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It's just like today. If we get an insurance policy and we 
get in a wreck with an automobile if we got auto insurance, then in a way the insurance companies are telling us that we, in a way, are your salvation for your car or if you get hurt before you even get into the accident, before you get into it. That's what your insurance is covering. You may not ever get into an accident. Adam may not never have sinned. But the fact is, if we have an accident, we can fall back on the insurance. And since man did sin, then the lamb who had given the covenant that he would come in man's place to die for him, to be able to reconcile him and bring him back to the creators that he had forfeited his relationship with. Okay. All right. Now, here's what we want to do, too. All right. Now, when we look at the covenant, uh, let us, again, look at the pictograph letters. Okay. Let us, let us look at that again. It's, uh, when we look at in the tent, the man's head and arms and closed hands were on the cross sticks. When we look at that, uh, that has another meaning. Not only another meaning, but we, we can see from Revelation that what is going on here is that Elohim, even before man sinned, looked down and said, that if he sins, we have to make a way for him, and that way is going to be the cross. So now, when we look at uh, the bee, and we say that is the tent, and we look at the man's head, which is the race, and we look at the arms and the hand, which is the Y, and then we look at the cross sticks, which is a T. Okay, now here's what we're dealing with. In the tent, the man's head, arms, and closed hands were on the cross sticks, okay? Now, we, we've studied, and we found out that the tent could be Elohim's house, or it could be the universe, with the floor of the earth, and the sky over our head is a house, okay? So the man with the head, who was in, in the tent or in this universe or in this world. You see, our world is nothing but a house. That's all it is. The floor of the earth that we walk on and the sky over our head makes a house. We wield we, this house within the universe. And so it being this house, then if we sin, the head man who was in the tent came into our house and with his closed hands, and his arms and his head that was on the cross sticks was saying, this is the man that is coming into our house. And he's going to give us redemption by the cross or the cross sticks. So now what we want to look at is I want you to turn with me uh, to be able to see visually again what is going on uh, with the word brief. Okay, let us let us see it. Okay, now I want you to turn with me in the book of Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah, 
what we want to do is look at the 13th chapter, and we want to look at verses 6 and 7, okay? Zechariah, chapter 6, chapter 13, and we want to look at verses 6 and 7. Okay. Here it reads in the book of Zechariah, starting with verse number 6, it says, And now one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in your hands? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, says Yahuwah Tishvioth. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Okay. Now, that's what Zechariah is saying. Zechariah is pointing out to us that the person that he's talking about says, somebody asked him, what are these wounds in your hands? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of a friend. So when we consider the pictures we have of each letter in the word bereaved, there is a striking similarity between this, between them, between what we just dealt with in Bereath and the passage that we see here in Zechariah 13, verses 6 and 7. So as we pointed out, a tent could stand for a house, and a house could typify a family, a house, or in the preposition in. These three things are portrayed by our Hebrew letter, Beth, which would be equivalent to our B. And then we consider the, the Rosh or the Resh, which would be equivalent to the Ara, being representative of a man's head, meaning the beginning, chief, first, or top. And what we notice thus far is that the first uh, two letters of both the word bara and bereath are the same. You see, when you look at bara, you got the b and the ara, and when you look at bereath, you got the b and the ara. However, their other two letters aren't alike, whereas the bara ends with the elif, which comes from an ox head. And it means a leader or power or strong. Moreover, the Elif is a symbol of Elohim himself. Now, the Hebrew word for bereath ends with two other letters. It has a yod, which comes from the arm and a closed hand to denote to throw, to work, or to worship. And its letter is tav or the T, the pitch the picture of two crossed sticks. Therefore, when we assemble the letter pictures together, we have the following. In the tent, the arm and closed hand are one on uh, the other uh, ones on the crossed sticks. Okay. In the tent, 
the arm and the closed hand are the ones on the cross sticks. Now, in understanding the four pictograph uh, letters in the word bereave, we want to identify them in the passage that we read in Zechariah. Okay. Now, if we notice in Zechariah, it says in, in, in verse 6 of the 13th chapter, now, the first thing that we want to locate is, is the, uh, is 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 it, 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 it is the is the bee okay okay let's read the passage again it says that one shall say unto him what are these wounds in thine hands then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends okay now the first letter in bereath is b which means a tent which means a house is there a house in this text? Yes, it is. He said, I was wounded in the house. Okay, in this house, in this text, uh, verse 6 of the 13th chapter, it is bringing out the fact that at the latter part of the text, he said, I was wounded in the house. Okay, so we have the word house there. Okay. So we find, we find, we, we find the B, which is the house. Now, the next letter is the aura or the head of a man, meaning a chief. So here in verse 7, now let us read verse 7. It said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Okay. Now, if many of you have your Bibles, you, you'll notice that that word shepherd is capitalized because that shepherd is representing Yeshua, who is, who is the shepherd. Now, how we how do, how do we know that this is Yeshua the shepherd? Okay, let's 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 continue to read it. Okay, because the aura represents the chief, and then we have the word shepherd. So it says, "Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow," says Yahuwah Tishvioth. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Now we know we know that. This is a prophecy of Yeshua, the Messiah. And we know also, according to the scriptures and the gospels, that when he was with his disciples and they were taking him to the crucifixion, to the crucifixion then all of the disciples, they scattered out. So we, we can see plainly the, the, uh, this text as it correlates with the word bereath. All right. So the word shepherd would be Yeshua. And how would he become the chief? He was the chief of his disciples. He was the head man. So here in verse seven, it speaks about the shepherd. Is not the shepherd, the chief over the sheep? And even though the sh when they, sh they smote the shepherd, the sheep fled, but he was still the chief or the head man of the disciples. Now, the next letter is Y, which is an arm and a closed hand. Now, while these texts do not mention the arm, but they do mention his hands. And I know what, notice what it says about his hands. It says here in verse 6, it says 
what are these wounds in your hands? So there's the hands. So he was wounded in his hands. And as he was wounded in his hands, then where were those hands? Okay, let's go a little bit further. He says, then he shall answer these with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Okay, so he, he's saying that when he came to this world, that he was wounded in the house of a friend because he loved us so much, he called us friends. Matter of fact, even when he was dealing with Judas, he called Judas friend. Okay. So he came to save us as sinners, and he calls us friends. So his hands was wounded. So the last letter is the T, which is the cross sticks, which means a covenant. Okay. So what we are dealing with, so what we are dealing with is the cross sticks. The cross sticks is that if the shepherd's hands were wounded, they were his hand that were nailed to the cross of the sticks, okay? Because when he was nailed to the cross, it was those spikes, that was, those nails that was driven through his hand in order to hold him up on the cross. So when he said he was wounded in his hands in the house of a friend, then when he was wounded, it was those nails that were being driven through his hands to put him on the cross. So basically, we can see in Zechariah chapter 13, verses 6 and 7, that all of the letters from the word bereath are there in that text. So basically, what we have is Yeshua, the son of Yehoah, in this world with his disciples, which, which was his house, and he was the head man of uh, or the chief over his disciples, and being wounded in his hands, was having his hands nailed to the cross sticks, or the cross representing the cross of his crucifixion. And when the shepherd Yeshua the sh uh, was crucified, his disciples like sheep, they were scattered, according to this text. So what we are experiencing is that the covenant brings into focus the crucifixion, and if the covenant is broken, someone has to die. See? The first two letters of both bara and Bereath are the same, which is suggested that the same individuals who created this world were also the ones who made the covenant. Therefore, in creation and salvation, the same power is available to us. In creation, we have the B and the Ara representing a tent and a man's head, which means the family's chief is the leader. However, when we deal with salvation, we have the family chief who works in the covenant. So here we see the same personalities present in the creation are the same present in salvation. Okay, so we are, we are close there. We're just trying to see how the word bara and bereath, how they are associated with the same personalities, one who made one 
is also present in the other. We have the creation and the bereaved. Okay, we'll stop there. Wow, this every week it gets deeper and deeper. Um, it's just interesting to see how Bereath in the beginning he was showing everything was already situated for the future uh, just in case you know sin was to happen which it did and that it's interesting to see that in the word Bereath it basically shows that Yahusha was going to come and to die for the sins of the people they created uh-huh. that wow that's just wow yeah he uh even before he made man he gave him an insurance policy yeah uh, he he had so much love that he, he uh that when he made his creatures uh i mean he had so much love for us he said i'm i don't care what they do <laughs> he said I, I, I he i'm not gonna let them go and it, 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 he, he, they, they may let me go, but I'm not going to let them go. I'm going to have a way for them. So he didn't wait for them to sin. He said, I'm gonna, I, just in case they do, I'm, I'm going to make this plan. Wow. That's, that just shows how much love he's had for us. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, because, I mean, to be honest, I think if it was any of us, we probably would have destroyed everything. A long time ago, been a done away with it and build another one. Mm, yeah, well, you know. I mean, yeah, you know, just they messed up. Just get rid of them, <laughs> you know, you make some more. But wow. the thing about it is, is that uh, what what he did is rather profound because let us say he made a he made a made some more, and they they may have said, and, and would he just keep on just <laughs> just killing them off and making some more? Yeah, that's true. You know, That's but I, I I think he he loved us. Well, I know he loved us so much that he told his son. He said, "Look here, if they sin, you know, we got to have a way for him to come back." And he and the son was willing to lay down his life, you know, for the cause. And you know, it, it's so interesting. He has done all of this to show how much he loves us. And in no form or way have we shown really any of that love back to him. No, we haven't. You know, I, I think a lot of times, too, when we're in these different religions and churches, we think that we're worshiping and serving him. But I think if they were to really dig beneath the surface, they would see the truth mm-hmm. that many are worshiping the beast. Oh, yeah. You know, they think. Worshiping a beast is always something, you know, doing some satanic type of worship type thing. Uh-huh. But sometimes it can be disguised in something that looks good. It can. You know, just like when uh, when Eve took the fruit, she said it was very pleasant to the eye. Mm. And y- yeah, you know, and that's just something that, you know, I, I don't think sometimes we give Satan the proper respect because he's a master deceiver. He's been on this earth for thousands of years. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we think that we're smarter than, than him. Yes, we do. We have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a dangerous thing because a lot of times we will, we will get caught a lot of times and not really know and see 
uh-huh. that we were really following something that was wicked and evil all along. Right. But, you know, it's something that if we return to his covenant and start to read and study, we will understand more and more and see truth from error, uh-huh. you know, in these days and times. Right. But it's it's really interesting how, you know, you said, you know, with the tent, the man's head, then the crossed arms and sticks, uh-huh. that all of that was built into Bereath, which uh-huh. it built into the book of Genesis, which is the beginning. Uh-huh. And right. it, now, now let me ask this. So was it a covenant between Yahuwah and his son when they were creating this world that if the people they created was to go awry that uh, one of them would have to die for their sins to uh-huh. redeem them. Was that yeah. a covenant between father and son? Yeah, that was father and son's covenant. That was what you call the love covenant. Uh, see, when they made the covenant, it was basically just the two of them. Mm-hmm. You see, and so by being the two of them, then they made the covenant between themselves. This is why uh, when you read sometime in the scriptures, it says, that uh, when when you swear when when you swear uh, I think in the book of Revelation I think it says when you, s- you swear you can swear by no greater uh, than the Father because they 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 are the two they are the two greatest uh, the, you you know they can swear by one another because. They are the ones that has what we might, that what we would call is they have the truth and they know what the truth is. So you can swear by no greater, even though Abraham talked to Melchizedek, but yet that was that was a greater than Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is the one that worship El Elyon, which is the highest uh, title that you can give to Elohim. And so when you swear by that you can't you cannot swear by any any greater and i think that's in a, not revelation but in the book of hebrews mm-hmm. that you can't swear by any greater than than those two and they they uh when they made the covenant they were very faithful to the covenant they 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 declared it and when it happened they you know the son came and he died for it and we can see from adam all the way up till Yeshua died on the cross, the prophets, the patriots, when they sacrificed and went to the temple and made the sacrifices and all of that, they were pointing toward the lamb that was to be slain. And the lamb that was to be, be slain was the one that was outlined in the covenant. Mm-hmm. So he was fulfilling the covenant promise. Wow. Wow. Very inspirational. Well, can you uh, give us a word of prayer to close this session of this podcast? Okay. Our loving Father, again, we thank you for another wonderful opportunity of being able to discuss and to explain bereath and how it relates to creation. We see the same power in creation as we do in redemption. Such a great power, Heavenly Father, that as we come to you, even though we are no match for Satan, but we know that we can be smarter than Satan, but not us. But when we face Satan, we can face him with Yeshua. And when Yeshua goes to deal with him, he can, he can overcome him just like he did in the wilderness. When Satan came to him, he told him it was written. 
And every time he tried to overcome it, Yeshua said, it is written. And as we have studied the word bereaf, it is written that in that covenant, you had made the provisions for us that your son would die on the cross and to be able to redeem us back to thee. And we just pray and we hope that those who listen may not let his blood be in vain, but they may accept this covenant, O Heavenly Father, that we can be able to continue from this world to the world to come, that we may continue to, come to study the covenant. But help us to be redeemed by the very covenant that we study, that we'll get a chance to be able to see the Father and the Son personally and to be able to spend eternity with them. So bless, keep, God direct each one of us as we go through this week and as we look forward to next week, if it be your will, that we will discuss another segment of the covenant. So bless, keep, God and direct us. And in the end, save us at last in your eternal kingdom is our prayer in Yeshua's name. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Again, that is our podcast for this week. We want to encourage you to return to keeping the covenant which our creator has cut with us and to follow our podcast weekly. If you have any questions or any comments, please feel free to email us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com or go over to our website, psychov.com, S-C-I-C-O-V.com, and you can also contact us there. But the mercy of Yahuwah is everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to guard to such as guard his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them until next week. Shalom.